1: On the latest episode of BCC The Other Side, we reassemble the cast of Expedition Bigfoot: Russell Acord, Ronnie LeBlanc, and Dr. Maria Mayer, along with Bryce, of course, for a special video chat looking back on season two. To subscribe to BCC The Other Side, go to Patreon.com/slash Bigfoot Collectors Club.
3: It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two.
4: (laughs)
1: Let's do this! <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host,
5: Bryce Johnson,
1: and our super producer, Riley Bright. Hello, boys. What's Hi. up, man? Oh, welcome to April! It's officially spring now. <laughs> welcome back.
0: <laughs> Time no longer
1: exists. Time has no meaning <laughs> except to the flowers.
0: <laughs> That's a nice sentiment. I like that. Yeah,
1: the for, the flowers are fine. The yeah, animals, yeah, they, flowers are always fine. They're fine.
0: Hey, uh, Riley, I
5: don't see any uh, on my sound bar. Sorry, tech question here. Uh, I don't see any waves. Can you? Are you picking me up? Okay, and everything.
0: I'm reading you loud and
5: clear. Okay. Yep. Okay. A little
1: tech talk for the
0: fans. <laughs> tech talk. <We're> seen, <laughs> inside podcasting.
1: It's called Wave Check. Hey man, Sure. check those waves on the soundbar.
0: How's my amplitude? Your waves are toasty, and you're fully pitted. Now Beautiful. let's go. Beautiful. Let's go
1: to the sandbar. <laughs> uh, oh. All right, yeah. cut all of this. All right, um, <laughs> before we bring in our guest. Uh, do us a favor, guys. This is a reminder. Uh, We need your help to get the show to more people. So the algorithm spreads, uh, this podcast everywhere like a virus. Do us a (laughs) favor. Go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. If you do, we will. We might read it here on the air like this one. Happy Place. Five stars by Lady of Strange. These adorable fellows are so blissed out on Bigfoot and everything strange that their joy becomes absolutely infectious. After listening for a year, I've become enchanted by each of them. Michael, Bryce, and Riley, thank you for keeping the blues away.
5: Only took a year, huh? No, just kidding.
1: Thank you (laughs) so much. She she had to come around on me. That's the way it works. (laughs) They love Riley first, then they quickly embrace Bryce, and then eight months later, they're like, I think Michael's cool. We can do that. That guy's not bad. That guy's not bad. He means (laughs) well. He just likes to talk. Um, (laughs) We have a great guest uh, by, I'd say, some popular Instagram demand. Uh, I'm just pulling up the script for the show. Don't mind me. This is real behind the scenes tonight, everybody. You're you're (laughs) seeing how the
5: sausage is made tonight. That's right.
1: Um, Our guest tonight is a writer whose work you can find on Medium and Hunt a Killer blog. She grew up loving mysteries and weird stuff, which explains why she is the co-host of the podcast Guide to the Unknown alongside her brother, Will Rogers. Club scouts of the world, please give a welcoming salute. To Kristen Anderson.
2: Yeah. I probably shouldn't Hello. be saluting myself. Hello.
1: Celebrate yourself, Kristen. If you know what, this year's you. taught us one thing, and that we should celebrate ourselves. Um, You're how are you, wrong. Kristen? Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And how are you guys?
5: Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. happy All to have considered. you considered. I mean, today's a good
1: day. Yeah, but it's rare that we get to talk to somebody who has their own paranormal podcast.
2: That's right, boy. What a what a rare joy I am, a real diamond <laughs> in the rough. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Tell us about your show a little bit, Guide to the Unknown.
2: Sure. So my brother Will and I host it and we dig into a topic from either the world of the paranormal, sometimes just straight up horror movie stuff, but even if the topic isn't a horror movie, we pretty much always find a way to weave pop culture in there somewhere because we're both kind of nuts about it. And um it's a good time. We do what we can. It's it's lighthearted. You're not going to find like real hard hitting journalism there but you might get a little creeped <laughs> Sounds out and familiar have a around here <laughs> yeah, right. i can see why we have like a little bit of overlap in listenership it feels right
1: it's a soft commitment to facts you know
2: (laughs) like an understanding with them not necessarily of them the understanding is like we might not engage with you that much
1: i read more than five website articles for today's story of high strangeness it's gonna be great oh then you're good yeah i'm an expert (laughs) so how long have you guys been doing the show now
2: We've been doing it since, let me see, 2017, so we're coming Ooh. up on four
1: years. Oh, wow, you're That's... just lockstep with us.
2: Oh, yeah, I know. I noticed that. We started around the same time. Yeah. I guess it's good that I came on so we know that we are separate podcasts <laughs> and not just like, you know, one person it's, masquerading back and forth
1: it's possible i mean we are losing our minds i can't believe <laughs> yes. we're already you know past 150 episodes into this thing
2: but, isn't it nuts did yeah. you guys expect to be going this long
0: i Bryce? don't think we expected anything we just started <laughs> and then we, i think I we did. can't stop
2: right. <laughs> do you find there is just no Shortage of stuff to talk about in this realm. Like, I I think that I had a little bit of an idea when Will and I started the podcast that we'll talk about, you know, hauntings and scary things. And at a certain point, it's going to be hard to find a new topic. And it's absolutely not. Our spreadsheet is still massive because. There's just there's just no end to it. The fact that it's unknown and unproven means that stories pop up like crazy and catch fire. Do you find the same thing?
5: I mean, we found the exact same thing. And when Mike and when we first started, we were like, okay, well, we'll hit the basics. Mm -hmm. There's this Bigfoot video, and then there's that uh, the Loch Ness monster, of course. And sure, sure, we'll 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 go after that. We'll go from there after that. But I mean, the list is just kept growing and i i keep a possible episodes uh, google doc and it's it's always growing and you know i think the, the what's an amazing about this sort of you know paranormal topic is that it it's just it's so deep there's so mm-hmm. many layers to it um, and there's so many things you can get into so yeah. Um, yeah i think we felt the exact same way
2: it's absolutely true have you saved any of the big guns or did you go to town right away and you were like Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster. Um, I know you've talked about Amityville, but things like that. Did you kind of like shoot your load really quickly? Or have you been trying to like save some of the biggies?
1: We're saving some. We I kind of was like, if we're gonna keep this going, we gotta have, you know, we're real Hollywood over here. So we're like, we gotta have (laughs) like our tent poles, you know what I mean? So there's still some are Hollywood. There's one (laughs) lately that Bryce and I don't wanna say it because I think we're gonna finally do it this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Bryce is like, we got to do this one. Let's do this one. I was like, not yet, not yet, not yet. Let's just save it. We'll make it yeah. a deep dive. And now some of these bigger ones, we're like, well, we'll we're going to make them deep dive. You know, for for everybody. So, well, that's we the thing too. To some of, some
5: of the big ones, they're like, okay, we you know, we need to dedicate at least one or two episodes, or or you know what, the the, the podcast date comes up fast. So we're like, I don't have time to research that. I'm going with oh, something yeah. smaller. So, but it's it's a mixture of all three. But yeah, we 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 have a few big topics uh, we have yet to cover, but we're going to get to them.
2: Yeah. This, I, I know at least one of them because I suggested it to you for when I came on and you said that there was already something in the works. So I'm really yes, looking that's forward true. to it.
1: So oh, sorry nice. about that. I It's a special, oh, no, no, no. special one I'm saving. So we'll, we'll find out when the time is right. And if it doesn't happen, then I'll, I'll give you a call back and you can come on the show.
2: <laughs> no, um, this is getting really... Fine.
1: In, this whole episode so far has been inside podcasting. You're so right. <laughs> did you see
2: that meme that's going around that says that you know that you're a podcaster when you can recognize um in waveform?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> I can't listen that's to the show good. anymore because that's yeah. all I hear. <laughs> Kristen, yes. what is your paranormal – personal paranormal history? How did you get into this stuff and have you had any weird experiences yourself?
2: Okay, so – Will and I grew up with our parents in Connecticut in this like extremely wooded area. Like it it feels to a degree like we grew up in the woods. I've gone back since and I've driven around and been like how did my parents drive here with two screaming kids because it's seriously just like windy skinny roads in the middle of woods. So it was really really cool but inherently a little bit creepy and mysterious so i feel like that was one part of the equation that we lived in this area that sort of garnered spookiness plus our dad in particular was always into mystery movies um not straight up horror movies but things that were a little bit creepy so we had this kind of like from a young age incubation of creepy stuff around us. And Will and I both ended up being super, super into it. And it just seems like it was meant to be.
1: (laughs) When you say creepy stuff around you, like, give us some details here. Are we talking about just like your father had a a large doll collection?
3: (laughs) (laughs)
2: No. Okay. So it was more like the environment of where we grew up in Connecticut was a little bit creepy because it was, it was really old and like colonial. So when we were kids, instead of taking a field trip to a museum or something, we would take a field trip to like, quote unquote, field trip. It's like an old colonial house where somebody's teaching you how to like core an apple and like, you know, with like a weird little machine and how to churn butter. <laughs> and there was just always this major awareness of the past. And at least to me, the past had a very strong connection to dead people. And so I was just very aware of this history of people that are no longer around that was really, really present and prevalent in our area. Like we both went to a um, like a daycare center when we were little kids that was at a church. And I remember when I was really little, one of the activities we did was take paper out to the cemetery. And do like grave rubbings. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was That's just <laughs> kind of cool. It was very cool. And I, I loved it all. <laughs> Wait, did what you did have
1: that? for a church especially? Yeah. Like, did you have like now? I'm just picturing like the church babysitter just being like some disenchanted goth kid. <laughs> totally. <Just> like <clears throat> going out to the graveyard. Okay.
5: Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple extra camel lights if you guys want to join me.
2: <laughs> Did you, Can I bump one off you to me When I'm like three
1: Connecticut you must have had some creepy old Gravestones there like with the old yes. Etched in skull Skulls skull with like and wings. wings Yeah like yeah. we didn't have any of that in Kansas
2: Yeah that's right No it's just there's I don't know If it's a bias I have like a positive Bias but just like New England stuff Is very creepy The yeah. imagery is weird and creepy And so there was just always This awareness of that going on that they're, like we like live in the past in this place basically and so i think it's sort of fed an already underlying interest in the mysterious and in the spooky and i just i sought it out from a young age that was always the stuff that i gravitated toward for books and movies and everything
1: did you guys uh bryce and riley growing up was there like an old town like fake old town that you could go to that showed you what the past was like. Cause there definitely was where I grew up. uh, Like the one the person's describing. Yeah. Um, Well in Reno,
5: I mean, you're right next to a place called Virginia city, which is uh, it's this old wild West town and the, and the boardwalks are still there. Um, It's, and I used to love to go there. It had something called like the bucket of blood saloon where like, you know, a (laughs) card game went wrong and, and, and somebody got shot and there was mayhem and, and uh, so, yeah, it's just littered with like old sort of the ghosts of the Wild West, you know. And uh, I loved going there as a kid.
0: That's so awesome. I when I was I was growing up in out in like Calabasas area and we lived within walking distance of the Paramount Movie Ranch that the place that actually burned down in those fires a few years back. But so there was it was there's a set of an old West town it was where they filmed like Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Yes. And they actually they ended up filming some of Westworld there. But when I was a kid, I used to go and hang out in that set like all the time it was like my favorite place to walk to so
1: i love that growing up in california your old west town is just a fake old west town <laughs> right yeah fully
0: 100 yeah it was a very hollywood version of an old west town yeah
1: at first i thought you were gonna say you went to hang out at spawn ranch where the manson family hung <laughs> out i was like i was like oh again you're like old history is from the 1960s being out in california yeah and all had, hollywood
2: yeah yeah, old hollywood.
1: yeah we had like We definitely had, like, an old Pioneer Town that was fake, but, you know, they had, like, real old covered wagons and Wells Fargo wagon stuff, I feel like there, which... That stuff just always depressed me because it just made me think like, wow, there's no shade and someone is going to die of yellow fever like <laughs> this. You know what I mean? There's always like it's, a butter churn. All that stuff really depressed me. None of it. I never wanted to live in that part of the I never wanted to like go off on the Oregon Trail like ever.
2: That's what I was going to say. It's like you were living inside the Oregon Trail like computer game. Yeah. it was just and Not super into getting cholera.
1: No, the Oregon yeah. Trail game is just to like type in the name of the girl you have a crush on and your your best friend as your kids. You know, that's yes. that's, that's that's what that's for.
0: And then someone gets bit by a snake yeah.
1: inevitably. <laughs> and then I have to shoot a buffalo. Um <laughs> I'd much rather grow up where you did like with old, like older, older stuff, like stuff that goes back to colonial times and pre-colonial times. And it feels more like old Europe. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it, it really, it really kind of was. Like I said, I've gone back as an adult and just been like, I can't believe that this is where I grew up. I both remember it and don't relate to it at the same time. Like there's like a town square with like a super duper old creepy church. And mm. like, this was just the reality. So I guess it's not... Not super surprising that we ended up both kind of working in paranormal and horror stuff.
1: And clearly, so many ghost stories. There had to be local ghost stories. And what, oh. What's been the closest hometown that you oh. grew up in, in the woods?
2: Oh my, oh god! So there definitely were a bunch of if not ghost stories, there were like freaky murder stories on my street that I then interpreted as like, well, there are ghosts there. So I have talked to my parents about this since and kind of had it verified. The house that was behind the house where we grew up, um, but there was kind of like a buffer of a lot of woods in between us. There had been an adult son living with his father there until on Thanksgiving, he stabbed and killed his father like Mm. over Thanksgiving dinner. So I guess that was something that I heard adults talking about. I don't think that my parents were like, Hey kids, guess what? Um, and I just – I used to kind of dare myself to walk through our back woods and go as close as I dared to the back property line where there was a fence because I knew that it was, like, a scary house back there.
1: You grew up – like, this is a murder that happened in your lifetime.
2: Yes. Yes. Whoa. hmm Yeah. Um, and as far as, like, literal ghost stories from the town – I don't, nothing really springs to mind, um, but there there was, this is so ridiculous, there was a woman who lived next door to us who I suspected to be a witch. Before I completely understood what that meant, I just knew that it meant like kind of like a scary lady and a mean lady. And she was a mean lady. Honestly, I was like a very misogynistic little kid because it was like a single older gal. And I was like, well, she must be a witch. (laughs) Like what, what else is the explanation? So I devised a test and I don't know where this came from, but I took a troll doll from my room. And I brought it outside, and there was this flat rock that faced her property. And I placed the troll doll facing her house. And I said to myself, okay, I'm going to leave this overnight. And if I come out in the morning and the troll doll is knocked over, it means that she's a witch. And guess what? (laughs) The troll doll was knocked over. Confirmed. Conclusive. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Now, what was it? Just because she was kind of, like you said, just a single lady of over
2: 40? Yeah. I mean, she honestly, it's just me looking back and being like, oh, of course you thought that because she was like a single old lady. She actually was extremely mean. So I think it was basically that she was like a mean older lady. She was very, very sad. No, she like (laughs) she threatened to sue my parents um and said that our dogs were going over on her lawn and pooping on them uh, pooping on it and then she like hired somebody to investigate and it was deer shit <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, so she's she's what's her face from uh she's the wicked witch of the west from from uh wizard of oz from right w- she's, she's got a Google
2: toto. yeah she's got a problem with my dog oh, she's my mean experience. anyway so which and yeah, the I, troll I, told us everything okay. we needed to know
5: I feel like I feel like when the detective came by with the with the deer poop analysis, she's I
2: don't believe you. You're in on it. I know it's that dog, and I'm gonna get him. It's a conspiracy. That was another thing I had to check back in on with my parents, and I was like, did I make up that this happened in like a child's brain? They're like, no, that actually happened.
5: First of all, that's like the easiest job to get as a detective. Okay, oh. so you just stay across the street, and if anything poops, that's, <laughs> you just get it. What a and good then, payday! Yeah, yeah, I could do this. I'm trained for this
2: all day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean that. Those were probably the extent of my like childhood formative scary stuff. Was Mrs. Castle next door and going to like the scary butter churning house and the woods. Got it. Was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Not bad, right? Turning in a witch
1: it always always leads to an interest in the paranormal, right? Did you ever experience anything there or since you've left Connecticut, any, any supernatural stuff, any UFO sightings, anything of the sort?
2: Yeah. So something really weird did happen a few years ago. And it was when I went back to Connecticut, like for the weekend, um, I decided to go to a metaphysical shop, duh. And I just I just walked in off the street, was shopping around, and they had um, a sign for a tarot card reader, and they had fifteen minute readings. And I was like, you know what? I'm here. I'm in my hometown. Maybe that'll add a little bit of like extra static energy to me or something. Um, let me get this tarot card reading. And so we went in the back and. The woman was doing it, and it just wasn't really hitting. She was talking about career stuff that didn't resonate for me. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm glad that I just got the 15-minute reading and not the 30 or the 60 because this is just (laughs) like – it's not happening. And then it's starting to kind of wind down, and she just out of nowhere goes, who's Richard Robert? And I was like, what? Like my hair – basically blew back because my dad passed away in 2016 and his name was Richard Robert Rogers. Whoa, I, whoa. It was so strange to, it's, it was just so surreal because we weren't talking about anything having to do with family. It wasn't even supposed to be like a mediumship reading or anything. And she right. just said it. So I, I kind of like, I was just taken aback and I said, it's that's my dad. And then she kind of went off track right away after that. She's like, oh, I, you know, I see him with a lot of greenery around him. I think he's golfing. And I was like, nope. Because this was a sedentary fellow. She's like, and, did dad's,
1: um, oh God, what are dads like? Um,
2: exactly. Uh, Playboy <laughs> magazines and golf. Does <laughs> that- <laughs> Is this doing anything? So I, you know, and th- the rest of the reading went without any other big, like, lightning flash moment like that but it was so unbelievable to pull like two names that were correct in the right order everything that it's one of these things that when i start second guessing myself believing in this kind of stuff or you know just go kind of down skeptical paths which i don't think is a bad thing to do i can't help but go but remember that lady who said richard robert out of nowhere That's- like how could that happen? And I just, I think that, you know, she hadn't really been on track before that or after it. Yeah, it's so, so weird. Right. So I wonder if this might not be universal for everybody. Maybe it is, or maybe it was just for this woman. Maybe tuning into the beyond is somewhat like a radio. Like it can be really static. You're not getting anything. And maybe she needed to like bullshit her way through for a little while. It got really clear for a second. And she heard something about richard robert and so she said that and it happened to be right and then it got staticky again so she started like pulling at straws again but so i mean maybe there are these like little clear moments and that's that's something you know that i think it is very much like
5: that you know Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think maybe not for everybody, but maybe you know it's like look at you know some people are uh, in baseball. It's like some people are great hitters, some not so great at hitting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but but if you just get if your average is good enough, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, Then 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 you can call yourself a baseball player, I guess. You know what I mean? You can call yourself (laughs) a psychic. You know uh, if you know if you're getting at least one of those in every reading. I sure. can see that she can make a living doing it, yeah. you know. It doesn't mean she's the best psychic in the world, but, like,
2: you know, there's something there. Something, Yeah, I like just... two of those 15 minutes were, like, a, a real hair raiser.
5: Weird. That's so strange that she would be, you know, just sort of off for the rest of it.
2: It was um, shocking. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Like and, the
5: 60-minute session, she's like, and let's pull another card. Oh, God.
2: I was getting bored. I, I was like, <laughs> yeah. all right, I'm really glad this is wrapping up. It's almost like she sensed, like, I got to hook this one. Yeah. I got to keep this girl's interest. And she she certainly did. And we're through with the cards. <laughs> yeah, pretty She want to play Uno? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I would have preferred Uno at that point. It would have been fine.
1: And yeah. not, there wasn't anything happening at this time. Have you ever felt like you've gotten and if this is too personal uh, no no no, nothing is (laughs) like you ever if you did you ever feel like you got a sign from your dad after he passed was there anything that you went oh that that was him
2: you know so he he passed like both like kind of slowly and then suddenly he was a lot older than other dads for, for my age. Um, So he was 81 when he died and I was uh, 33 or 32. And so it's kind of unusual, but he was in the hospital for like a really long time and just like kept getting really close. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of finally happened. And so I was like, you know, prepared for it and not. And it was just, it's, it was as crazy as it is when, when any family member dies. But it was also compounded by the fact that two months before that, um, my sister was killed by a drunk driver, his daughter. So it was this, like, insanely surreal, like, really, really awful time. And so after – so they – basically what I'm saying is that they – had both died like really close to each other. And then like a week after my, my dad died, my friend called me and was like, Hey, my sister completely forgot that she booked a psychic party. And so this woman is coming over tomorrow and she hasn't invited anybody. And like, I know that it's very <laughs> wow. soon, but and so like, feel free to say no, but like, would you like to come? And I was like, yeah, you know what? I feel ready. I was prepared basically even though it obviously sucked when it happened but i was like let's do this so then all day the day of the party i will say it may have been a little soon not that (laughs) i was like super affected but i think that i may have had like poor psychic medium etiquette i think i was kind of like a hog like i was like hogging the psychic because i had like (laughs) such compounded death like really soon before that yeah so all day in my head i was like all right dad Karen I'm going to this thing tonight like I know that it's not that nice but just like muscle your way on through like come on through I would really love it if I could hear from you guys today so please just go for it so I went to the party and and by the way the woman who was the psychic medium was touted as being Snooki and JWoww's psychic oh. she had appeared with them on oh. their web series so it was extremely it was like the most New Jersey thing ever which which pleases me yeah,
5: yeah celebrity absolutely. vetted
2: yeah oh exa- <laughs> i mean what better stamps of approval what better stamp stamps of approval <laughs>
1: this is coming from the area of like the long island uh psychic isn't there a lot yes the long, island medium. Long island. Yeah, yeah, the long Caputo. island medium yes that's a new psychic was wrong
2: you got uh, there yeah but so so we got there and she started off saying the kinds of general things you would see on tv of psychic saying she's like i'm seeing somebody you know they're touching their chest it seems like they're having trouble breathing and that was like a fact with my dad so my ears were perked up i was like all right i want to just like be annoying and be jumping on every little thing just because my dad just died like there are other people here and um She started saying like, you know, he's like, he's a big guy. Like he kind of thinks of himself and like identifies with being a bigger guy. And I was like, okay, that's like definitely a dad thing. And then she was like, you know, this is so weird. I don't know why I'm saying this, but he's showing me something with like his toenails. I was like, over here. Because my dad had like the gnarliest toenails, like dad toenails squared. Wow. Um, it was just like always a thing that we're like, oh God, dad's feet are so disgusting. I know what will
1: get her attention.
2: Yes, that's what I think. I think he was like, all right, we got to get specific. I guess I got to go to the toenails. And so, um, you know, so that happened. And then there were a few other things during that party that seemed to kind of tie into him. Like he um she said, I keep saying seeing R, 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 and those were his well, initials. Come on. Wow. I know. Come on.
5: That's pretty close. Yeah. It was it was yeah. pretty
2: cool. And then she said something a little bit later. Like this is where I, I felt like I was like getting like too um zealous and cocky. I started to be like, that's me. Um but <laughs> she was like that one (laughs) (laughs) over here gina yeah yeah um she was like i'm seeing something with a ladybug and actually even though that's so much less specific. It really hit me. And I actually like burst into many tears because that day, actually, the day that I went to the party was the first day I had gone back to work. Um, I was a hairstylist at the time. And when I was parking, there was a ladybug on the parking meter. And I know that it's a super common sign for people of people who have passed, like ladybugs and butterflies and feathers. And I saw it and I didn't think a ton of it, but I was like, oh, that's supposed to be a little sign. And I just said like, dad, if this is you, like, Please help me get through today. Like I wish I wasn't back at work yet. This is this is going to suck. Like please just help me get through. Uh-huh. And then when she said that like, "Oh, somebody got a sign of a ladybug recently." I was like, "Oh god, it was my dad."
5: That's amazing.
2: <laughs> it was it honestly was really really nice.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, I- and she- no, Huge. go ahead.
1: I mean I feel like that's I mean the, the, the other story is fascinating too, but like mm-hmm. I feel like you he clearly is I don't know, I'm gonna say it, has come through a few times. That's that's that that, that those are all hits. Yeah. You know, yeah,
5: definite hits for sure. Did you did mm-hmm. you get any sort of communication from your sister as well? Or or were there were there any messages relayed that you had a, a better feeling about the, the reading after it was finished? In other words, was anything relayed to you? Any type of messaging or?
2: No, you know what? So in, in this, at at this party thing with my sister, there was something that I actually didn't catch, which is surprising because I felt like I was like jumping all over this woman. Um, she did, come to me and said something about my sister that was like I don't even remember it because it was so nonspecific and I was like oh you know what I think I'm kind of reaching but then she said I'm seeing like she said did your sister like to go to the racetrack and I was like no and she's like I'm seeing like fast cars like going around and I was so fixated on her referring to a racetrack of it all and not getting that that was just like no I don't think so And then when it ended, my friend was like, could that have been referring to the car that crashed into her? Like it was going really fast and she was seeing this like speeding car. And I was like, oh, you know what? I didn't even think of that. Mm. Um, So not impossible. But I yeah, it's interesting that you asked that there wasn't really a message related. It's almost just kind of like not proof of life, proof of afterlife, just kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that's like I'm showing you that I'm here. But not anything that I need to yeah, no, Dad, to take Dad, with I get you. it.
1: I get it. There's an afterlife. I get it. I get it. Yeah, what, right, do you tell nails, me? Sure. what do you want to what do you want to tell me? What's the message? <laughs> yeah,
2: you know what? We now that you say that, we I we did get a little something like that at another event. This was years apart. This thing that I'm about to say just happened right before probably COVID lockdown. Will and I went to a seance at a haunted bookstore to do an episode about it.
0: Oh, that sounds fun.
2: Oh my God. It was awesome. I loved it. And so we went in with just kind of like, not in a mean way, but low expectations. Like this will be an interesting thing to do. It would be awesome if something came through, but like almost a little bit more of a curiosity. And, um, again, I, I, I don't know, I guess I guess our dad knows that we're, we're looking for him out there when we come to these things. He seemed to come Whoa, through. They're
1: going to another paranormal event, Whoa. I guess. I... I'm oh trying my... to
2: golf on the other yeah. side over here. Yeah. Oh my God. If he He's took right. up golfing on the other side,
1: I'd <laughs> finally get a chance to golf and my kids right. keep trying to contact me. They
2: pop on by. Well, Michael, you're not super far off. So she she said some stuff that was cool that was again just sort of like recognition, a hit sort of stuff. But then the woman said He is kind of laughing that you're doing this. Like, what are you guys doing here? Like, why, why are you doing this? This is like kind of goofy. And Will and I were like, he would kind of be like, What are you doing? Why do you keep doing this? Like, this is so ridiculous. So maybe he gave us a little message to not, you know, maybe, maybe chill a little bit. Live.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh boy. I didn't I didn't live all the way to 82 to be. Like, raise a couple of kids who just want to do podcasts
2: and bookstores. <laughs> Gosh, these, these kids really like me. Like, they just won't <laughs> leave me alone.
5: <laughs> That's pretty That's wild, amazing. though. That's pretty fascinating. I mean, yeah. you know, it's hard not to hear hear those stories and and, and think there's got to be something to it. You know, there's, I've mentioned it more than once on this podcast, but there's a great book by Leslie Keen called Survive yes. Death, And uh And she sort of goes on this. Let me test to see if this mediumship thing, if there's anything to it. And she's a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist for the New York Times. So she's she knows her stuff and she's very pragmatic and skeptical. And and it's hard, you know, she came away convinced that there there was something to it. But she got a lot of hits like that, too. And mm-hmm. it's almost as if, you know, it's almost as if like thought travels faster than the speed of light on the other side. And, and, and you know, it, it is like a frequency if they want to like come through, it's like they can tell right away when you're maybe thinking about them or, or a channel is open to, to communicate with you and, and boom, they're there saying, you know, just letting you know that their, their presence is there. And it's not, it's not like they even have to like communicate, you know, in, in verbose sentences. It's sometimes it's just like, a you know, I'm here, toenail ladybug, (laughs)
4: that's
5: all I got, you know, or I don't know, but there's something, there's something to it.
2: I think so, too. And it, it's just kind of nice to get an affirmation that they're around in some sort of way. And also, if you think about it, like they might want to relay a message, but do they necessarily want to do it at a psychic party in front of like a million other people? Right. Like maybe their message is something that they would want to be just between the two of you. Totally. And maybe that means they might not be able to get it across, but they'd you know, prefer to either... You know, if they you, can't do it privately, they won't do it at all.
1: I couldn't tell you this when I was alive, but your breath is terrible.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Dad.
1: <laughs> you don't work on it. Um, so what do you think? I mean, so you, what's your concept? This is a big question here, but mm. like, so I don't know, you know, you've been investigating this stuff and talking about this stuff. What do you think's on the other side?
2: God, I still don't know. And I, I am. Endlessly fascinated by it. I think that there's something, but it's so easy for me to kind of come down or go down one path and be like, no, but what about this? And not be able to land anywhere. So the only place that I've really landed is that I think that there is something going on. There's some sort of consciousness, but like, I don't think there's like a big white room or mm-hmm. like a big, you know, anything. But I just think that. I think it's something that we might not even be able to conceive of.
5: I think you're right. Yeah. I
2: just don't know. Well, we'll Bryce, all I know I know I know that you read, and I don't know if um Michael or Riley, you've read this too, but Bryce mentioned reading the book Life with the Afterlife by Amy Bruni recently. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's something in it that I think is so interesting, and I wanted to get all of your takes on it. In the book, she is she's quoting John Tenney. Um, but he is talking about the theory that maybe ghosts continue to evolve in the afterlife yeah. the same way that we do like on earth. Like it's not like, you know, somebody dies at 50 and that they keep the exact same personality yep. opinions, mentality as their 50 year old self. Maybe they just like, they keep learning and evolving. What do you, what do you guys think about that?
5: Well, I first of all leave it to John Tenney to think outside the box. I know, right? I had never a concept like that, but
2: I had never heard that before, and I've you know been reading about this stuff forever, and I hadn't had my mind blown in a long time before that.
5: Yeah, I love that concept, Mm -hmm. right, that it's just another stage of our evolution. And, you know, I I know the Egyptians felt that there were trials and tribulations to be had in the afterlife as well. And it wasn't just, you know, a place of eternal rest. So I think there is something to the idea that, you know, perhaps when we reach the other side, you know, we can – I don't know. Is it like you just, like you said, you go into a waiting room and like, well, when do I get to go back? Oh, tomorrow? Okay, great. Let me know. But (laughs) maybe there is something to that. Uh, What do you guys think, Mike?
1: Well, um, Adela Levine, uh, medium and intuitive, who's been on the show a bunch, you know, she talks, she's basically said the same thing, that um, you continue to learn and grow. And depending on kind of where you leave things at in this life, in this realm, that's going to kind of help you work things out in the next It's kind of like, basically like here's it, you know, some people think, Oh, I come back in a next life to work on the things, the lessons I didn't learn, mm-hmm. but she's promoted the idea that like, no, once you cross over, you continue those lessons and continue to evolve. And they continue to keep going basically to a higher state of consciousness is the way that I've interpreted, mm-hmm. you know, on, yeah. on the other side. So I, I that makes sense. I mean, You have to fill all that eternity with something, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like you have (laughs) to, you have to like, I don't know. And I also think the concept of eternity isn't even a linear concept. I think it's, of course, you know, I think it's outside the model of space time where everyone's existing. So um, yeah, I love that.
0: I mean, I hope that's the case. Yeah, I think
1: so. And honestly, like, you know, the Mormons have a similar concept from, the stunning I did about it for research for various roles, but like the idea of like, you know, everyone who dies eventually goes on to, and I think it's just limited to men. I'm going to say, I think it's <laughs> unfortunately limited to men. So there's some flaws in this. I could be wrong. Mormons. I'll right, catch me.
2: you guys on the flip flop. Don't, don't,
1: don't come at me. But I, the basic idea this concept of like, when you die, eventually you, your soul grows on to become a God. And then you create your own, universe you know what i mean so that there's there is this ability to like evolve past the death state into some like real and that like the god of our universe was somebody who did that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um which i think is a very like fascinating idea in and of itself like that's a great sci-fi concept you know um yeah
2: Yeah. i don't
0: need it to go that far i don't need to become like a a god ruler of the planet (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe just like just like work on myself a little bit Just like a a
2: solid dude. Yeah,
0: just just trying to be a good guy. (laughs) Okay,
2: so what that makes me think about a little bit, this concept of kind of like evolving to a better version of yourself, is that usually when you're evolving and changing, even though that's ultimately a good thing, it's usually kind of painful. Like you usually end up evolving because of something that was hard or just the process of changing can be a little bit painful and difficult. But the afterlife is, you know, supposed to be kind of a chill place. So, like, how does that evolution happen without discomfort and pain?
1: Um, but it's not, I mean, our mythology and our, our religions tell us that and that's not necessarily the case, right? Like mm-hmm. there's the concept of hell. There's the concept of limbo, purgatory, um, or ah, just higher so, so vibrational planes, you know, in the new age. So you might end up in a place where like, okay, you're, you're, you're taken care of here, mm-hmm. but this is a school and you've got some like, you got a little bit of tough time. You got some work to do and this might be a little bit painful to reflect on all the harm you you did in your life, right? And maybe Mm -hmm. that comes... Flooding back at you. You know what I mean? Imagine if imagine (laughs) if you die and you're somebody who's done just horrible shit to people on this planet. And what you're met with on the other side is a sudden sense of empathy where you have to feel Mm -hmm. the way that every single one of your victims or every single thing that you inflicted on somebody felt. You know what I mean? Oh my god, we're gonna get
2: ebenezered. Well, that's a fucking, that to me, <laughs> yeah. that's
1: like a form of hell that's self-created, yeah. you know what I mean? All, and it's sort of to me, you know, I'm just pulling this out of my ass here, but oh, like, that, that's you know, but there could be shit like that. We don't know. That's why I think it's like, yeah, be creative, be, you be on the love path, mm-hmm. you know, always try to aim towards the higher self and higher vibrational decisions, you know. I don't know why I'm all about vibes tonight, but like, (laughs) I'm just like a really, but I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it is all, I think it's like a natural place, but I don't think it's necessarily always uh, blissful, you know? Yeah. I guess I do too.
2: I, I guess my knee jerk when I even said that was thinking about like the idea of the afterlife as heaven. But realistically, if I think that, I don't think that. Um, or excuse me, as I say that out loud, like I don't think that that's really what the case is. Like if there are people who are on the other side or beings or whatever, I don't think they're constantly just having like the best time ever. I do think it's probably just sort of like a weird mirror image of our reality here. Like there are people here on our plane that are great people and there are assholes and i think that there are people on the other side who are great people and there are assholes and they probably i don't know interact with whatever their reality is in kind of a similar way that they did in life until they maybe evolve so that does make right. sense. Well,
1: yeah. No, i get it. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Bryce, what do you think?
5: Yeah. You're I mean, aware. I was kind of digging on that, uh, you know, become your own God concept. I kind of, I can get, <laughs> d- I can, got, let's, I can get, off, let's not Christ abandon that.
0: empathy crap i this empathy crap. A, planet.
1: Yeah. Online <laughs> filling out an application to the Mormon church.
5: <laughs> let's <laughs> not I mean, abandon what? that entirely. What if like when you die, you, you, you become your own, a new star in the sky and you get to like, you get your own solar system with planets. Cause you know, Ooh. like in astrology, it's like each planet represents like a, a certain mythos or a certain God type character and I mean Bryce you, know, you might oh, want to yeah. check out
1: the Mormon church. I'm just saying that I think we <laughs> I, I
5: might have tonight. to look into that. Yeah, that's <laughs> I like that concept. I could get totally down with that.
1: All right. We'll 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 have a discussion off, off air about some of this stuff. All right. Uh, Kristen, we have a game. We love to play with all of our guests. Uh, we'd love to play with you. I'm going to go down mm-hmm. a list of phenomena. Uh, rapid fire style. If you're open to it, you're going to say believe it. If you're not open to it, you're going to say bullshit. If you're somewhere in between, you still got to come down on one side or the other. Yep. This is a game that we call bullshit
5: or believe it.
1: All right. Kristen Anderson, on yes. your mark, get set. Ghosts. Believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Bigfoot. Believe it. ESP. Believe it. Shadow people. Bullshit. Unicorns. Bullshit. Alien abductions. Believe it. Yeti. Believe it. Mothman.
2: Mm, Ouch. (sighs) Bullshit.
1: Out of body experiences. Believe it. Tarot cards. Believe it. Demonically possessed dolls.
2: Do I believe in demonically possessed dolls? Uh,
1: Bullshit. The healing power of crystals. Bullshit. An alien spacecraft
2: crashed at Roswell. I don't know enough about this, but I am going to say believe it. Loch Ness Monster. Bullshit. Atlantis.
1: Bullshit. Haunted houses. Believe it. Skunk Ape. Believe it, the Jersey Devil. I mean,
2: love them, but bu- bullshit.
1: The biblical devil. <laughs> you said that really funny. Yeah, I know. Okay. I, I got stuck on yeah. my the biblical oh, devil. devil. It got stuck. No, no, it no, got stuck just, in my. I did said trip the, way on the it word. Said
2: it really nice, like the biblical devil. It's because I was big <laughs> on the word and trying to get out of it. I, it I got a creepy <laughs> grin.
5: More like yeah. <laughs>
2: oh, I see. A little, a little eyebrow wiggle. Uh-huh. Um, bullshit.
1: Speaking to the dead Believe it Mermaids Bullshit The government is hiding the truth about Sasquatch Mm, Bullshit Past lives
2: I think bullshit
1: Life on other planets Believe it Life after death
2: Believe it Not
1: bad Well Well done done. You made it through Thank Um, you I'm
2: a very diplomatic like middle of the road person So it was a little tough I wanted to say For like I, all of them, I
1: think you got. I think we we kind of got that actually. Uh,
2: <laughs> calling bullshit on Mothman, huh? Yeah. Uh, look, I love Mothman. I would say that he is like a lot of people. Um, my favorite. Encrypted, but just like i don't think i don't think a physical mothman is out there let's say that okay. like i'm more willing to think that there is some sort of like interdimensional trickery going on like there might be with bigfoot but i don't think that there is an actual mothman who is in a nuclear power plant somewhere or like below chicago o'hare
1: yeah. Great. I'm we'll, with you we'll on that. We'll take interdimensional. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, every well, time. All that. Interdimensional
1: man. Believe it.
2: Yeah. Yes, that I believe.
1: Anything else that popped out of you? They're like, I just want to I have to say this.
2: <laughs> that I have to to clarify. Yeah. Um, tarot cards, like I don't think that necessarily they are like super magic, but I think that they could be a tool for you to be able to communicate with the universe or the beyond. Like you're yes. giving them a keyboard.
1: I love that for a second. I'm 100% with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Visual and
2: then language. there was something I thought was on here and that I've been grappling mm. with saying. I thought that you guys asked about astrology.
1: Oh, oh it, it, I think it was on an older list, but okay. feel free to throw that in there.
2: I hate to say it, but I just don't resonate with it at all. And I wish I did. So I was gonna say bullshit but feel a little bit bad because I know a lot of people like it is their thing, but it just Well, does, I'm I glad just you don't went out of your
1: way. It. I'm glad you went out of their way <laughs> to have a <your> guilt. Trip. <laughs> you know, oh, like, man.
0: I'm I'm with you on that. Really? And it's like, a, it's a point of contention with Grace and I, my girlfriend, because like <laughs> she, her her whole thing is she's just like, well, that's exactly what your chart says you would say. So I guess you do believe in this <laughs> right. And I'm like, I can't win. I can't There's,
2: win. No, I love it. <laughs> There's no way out. The thing that frustrates me is that I have, look, I'm obviously, I said, believe it to a whole lot of things. I'm willing to go there with a million things. I can't get a straight answer on why. The planetary movements make us act a certain way. I get the what. I do not understand the why. Why is this happening? Why does it have that effect? No one can ever answer that for me. Honestly, people usually don't even answer it at all. They kind of end up answering a different question. And anytime I have gotten an answer, I just, I'm like, I, I don't know about that.
1: You know, we need to have we need to have uh, Heidi Rose Robbins on the show.
2: Oh, I am
1: aware of her. Who I have multiple friends say is great. I've been wanting to get a chart reading done by her for a long time now. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to put that we need we haven't really done like a good astrology. That would be a great idea. Show.
2: I'd love to listen to that.
5: My fam's been the the wife and the kids are interested in like the, all their charts. All of a sudden, they're like, "What's my sign again?" And wait, what are my attributes? Even my wife Don is pretty skeptical about all of it. But we had a conversation that kind of came down to astrology, which also led into numerology, which is almost very well much connected. You know, mm-hmm. like the, the the date you were born and the numbers. And I had this old book by by Dan Millman. He's this author, he was the author of a uh, Way of the Peaceful Warrior but he had this book uh that was all about numerology and and Pythagoras and it was called the life you were born to live and you would enter your the date of your birth and uh and and, and all that stuff and and he would sort it out into into numbers and 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 you would do this it, basically a chart you know astrological in form but but really uh you funneled through the idea of numerology and my god was it so fucking accurate it was like it was oh. incredible uh, so I don't know. I, I, I do believe those, you know, those planets in this, in, in at least the planets near us have mm-hmm. influence over us. I know that sounds so crazy. And I don't know why. Uh, perhaps maybe there's more, you know, because there's a lot of like, you know, esoteric philosophy where the the planets aren't just these balls of mass, but they actually have, you know, perhaps consciousness themselves, you know, they're their own ah. entity, you know, and. And, like, the god of the Mars has sway over wartime and stuff like that. And I, I don't know what I'm saying, but I do I love there that kind of stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I love, like, I even really like the idea of saints, how they all kind of have their own little domain. You know, right, so that that right. kind of thing does appeal to me. Maybe it's interesting. Go,
5: going back to my like, let me be a god with my own star theory. Maybe that's why I'm <laughs> hanging on it. Like, yeah, I, I have I, sway over all of the minions <laughs> in my solar system. There seems
0: to be a theme here. Yeah, yeah.
2: something's <laughs> happening. There's Bryce, like a Hollywood theme and yeah. this godlike. Theme. Bryce is
1: trying to take some control here. He needs. <laughs> He's losing control. (laughs)
4: Look, aren't we
1: all? Whenever I hear numerology, I just think of Glennis McCants from The Coast to Coast. Whenever she'd come on the show, and then she'd always be like, "Well, George, uh, Hillary Clinton's gonna win the presidency." Like, she was always wrong. Like, whatever she said, she was always, always wrong about her predictions based on numbers. So, um, now that I don't think it's a, you know, you know, now that there's something, if it helps, people makes me think of. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: yeah
4: yeah
0: that yeah if it else it's like uh, like with astrology to back to that like like it's a cool way of looking at like archetypes and human yes. personalities and ways of interacting with the world and there's much like with tarot like it's a really interesting tool for self-reflection mm-hmm. and I, I i dig it for that and i like like historically how it's like this thing that's been passed down for so many generations and everything but There's something about it that I just can't be like, well, I'm not just that one. I'm like kind of all of them. And then Grace is like, well, that's your chart and you're rising and all this (laughs) stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but now it's just like, you kind of just spreading your chips out across the board here. And then I Chris know. looks
1: down and realizes she's just been reading the grease off the back of a pizza box. <laughs> Wait a minute. I do always this do that, that every pepperoni. now and then
0: where I'll
5: read a will so read a total other sign and I'll be like, yeah, <laughs> that could have worked for me just That's as well. Totally me.
0: Yeah. Totally me.
2: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I
3: All right. apparently
2: have oh no, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I apparently have a really weird chart. I um, have a friend who's super into astrology, and she did my chart and she was like, I've never seen anything like this before like you know how it's the circle and then there'll be like lines like going all over the place to different planets and houses and points and stuff mine Mm -hmm. is just like lines overlapping on each other super tightly mine is not all Mm -hmm. over the place at all she's like this is very strange
1: oh wow
2: yeah it's weird so i don't know maybe it's in the stars that i won't buy it Mm. (laughs)
1: well uh we have to take a break when we come back it's time for this week's story of high strangeness
3: everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality
1: Well, we're back with Christian Anderson, the Numbers Lady, uh, and it's time for this <laughs> week's story of numbers high strangeness. <laughs> so what you said, the Numbers Lady, Glennis McCamps. Um, so, when we talk about cryptids, we tend to think of lumbering giants tromping on two legs through forests or swamps in the form of a Bigfoot, Dog Man, Lizard Man, Goat Man, Bat Squatch. Sheep squatch or any other increasingly strange bipedal monster you can think of, but this week I thought it would be fun to remind ourselves that the term cryptozoology refers to the study of hidden animals, yeah. and that they don't always have to be of the Mothman-esque ultra-terrestrial variety to become legends or carry an air, an air of weirdness with them throughout time. So tonight I present a case. That is more local hero than nationally known, and you guys know that I'm a fan of small town cryptids that of inspire course. media frenzies yeah. and monster posse's. Unfortunately, no, no horny kid. No, I said horny Aww. kids. No horny teenagers. <laughs> no necking teenagers in, in lovers lane in this one. This isn't uh, this isn't a Kevin Williamson movie uh, yeah. to date myself firmly in the nineties. If
2: only, yeah. Uh,
1: uh, but but. It's got the other two, uh, uh, Media Frenzy, Monster Posse's. It all takes place along America's White River, which snakes through 722 miles of Arkansas, arching north from its source in the Boston Mountains up into Missouri, a few hours from where this humble podcaster grew up, and then back down southward into Arkansas again before it joins the old Mississippi. Hmm. Now, glancing at it on a map... The river, the White River looks like an upturned fishhook, and appropriately so because for over 100 years fish tales tell of an elusive giant aquatic monster swimming beneath its shores, a beast known as the White River monster. The White River monster or Whitey as he is lovingly known to uh, known as to locals <laughs> okay. is a yes <laughs>
0: but look the greatest this, monster yeah. of all take note yes fearsome
1: <laughs> yeah is a large unknown aquatic creature that is most associated with the white River area of Newport Arkansas. He's been called the Loch Ness Monster of Arkansas and started making headlines around the same time as Nessie did, which may indicate a copycat act sprung uh, from Depression-era necessity to drum up local tourism. But whatever this creature is, or its true origins may be, remains a mystery. It seems the trouble started as far back as the Civil War. An unconfirmed story tells of a large creature in White River that upturned a Confederate gunship, Hmm. destroying it in the process. Local legends say that stories of a creature inhabiting the waters of White River can be traced back to the Quapaw people who used to inhabit those lands. Even though the White River monster stories didn't begin in earnest until the 1930s, the river's waters seemed to be hiding secrets for generations prior. The first confirmed account of a witness encountering something strange in the water was during the Civil War, when the Arkansas Democrat reported on one Colonel Craven, who snagged a large animal on a single fish line. As the colonel reeled it in, the watery beast emerged, revealing itself to be a creature unlike anything that Craven had ever seen. He claimed its eyes were set six inches apart and its body was five feet wide and shaped like a huge spider with numerous legs and huge claws. What? Craven's devilfish, as the Arkansas Democrat called it, doesn't totally make a reappearance after this account, but this encounter paves way for future ones. Yeah, he said it was like a giant spider monster that crawled okay. out of the river and attacked oh, that's him. That's awful. <laughs> it's like uh, Pennywise in his... Uh, his yeah, like, maybe it's
5: a shapeshifter.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a glamour. <laughs> um, so, for instance, in 1912, a group of timber workers were on a location downstream from Branson, Missouri, on the river, when they spotted a huge turtle-like creature emerge from the waters. At first... The men judged they mistook it for a boulder before realizing it was some type of giant turtle thing weighing in around 300 pounds.
5: Did it have nunchucks sized
1: <laughs> <laughs> a <post-out> <laughs> fresh <laughs> slice of pizza. Whoa dude. That time portal really put us in the most boring place ever. <laughs> Word spread of the mysterious boulder beast, uh, and posses rounded up nets and harpoons to hunt the monster, but the creature was never found. Three years later, in 1915, a plantation owner near Newport spotted a creature with gray skin about as wide as a car and three cars long swimming in the river. Over the next few years, campers and fishermen alike would claim to see a 30-foot-long snake-like creature with the spiny backbone and a bellowing call that sounded like a cow swimming in the White River. (laughs) A woman from Little Rock, Arkansas named Ethel Smith claimed to have seen the monster while vacationing with her family.
2: She later told reporters... It was making a loud, blowing noise, but never did show its head or tail. It was a terrible-looking thing with dingy, gray, crusted hide. It frightened me badly. In
1: 1937, the first wave of whitey mania hit. That summer, local fishermen had been noting that they weren't having much luck catching anything, as if all the fish were suddenly gone. In July, a sharecropper named D. Wyatt and his wife Sylvia from Newport, Arkansas, witnessed the monster swimming about in the river behind their house. At first, they thought it was a drowning horse and kept quiet about the incident. But the creature (laughs) returned for the next few days, frolicking about in the waters, seemingly in the manner of a large dying animal... So the couple finally decided to report it to their landlord, a farmer, Bramblet Bateman. The Wyatts led him to the viewing spot on the banks of the river. Bateman, much to his surprise, saw that there was indeed a creature splashing about, which he described as having... The skin of an elephant, four or five feet
5: wide by 12 feet long,
1: with the face of a
5: catfish lolling on the surface of the water.
1: The farmer drove down into Newport to report what he and the Wyatts had seen. He proclaimed that the creature was a threat to his crops, and he was going to blow up the eddy near its location with TNT, although city <laughs> officials denied him permission. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to blow it up. This The only play. way. And he was the true Whitey, <laughs> just like a monster <laughs> with TNT, who was uh, – who uh, you know had sharecroppers on his property? Pop- yeah. It worked for um, Bigfoot; it'll work yeah. for Whitey. Yeah, <laughs> word spread, attracting onlookers, monster hunters armed with cameras, explosives, and in one case, a Thompson submachine gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like oh one of Al Capone's guys <laughs> came out there with a Tommy gun. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> hunters patrolled the bank, uh, the banks of the river overnight, hoping to capture and kill the beast, uh, hoping to curb the posses and capitalize on the moment. A white river monster viewing spot was erected by the Newport Chamber of Commerce, where hopeful spectators could catch a glimpse of Whitey for 25 cents, which back then, 19, 1937. That's a lot of money to not sure. see a monster. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, right. it's in, in depression era like that sucks yeah total ripoff rip uh road signs but great for the town uh, uh when this is all said and done okay. I read that they they got basically the equivalent of in today's money of like nine million dollars worth of like free press and income oh. like so it like generated oh cash God. for them um road signs were erected mm-hmm. informing visitors this way to the white river monster a board of con- the Board of Commerce announced that a diver named Charles B. Brown, a Memphis man, would be exploring the river in search of the creature, although Brown wasn't convinced it was really a monster. In my opinion, it's nothing more than a large fish. Hmm, maybe a catfish. Newport called uh, the day of Brown's dive a holiday. And the shores of White River were lined with hundreds of spectators from all around the country. Newspapers across the nation and even Time magazine reported on the White River monster's appearance. On his first diving attempt, Brown... Strapped in an old-timey diver's suit and armed with a razor-sharp harpoon, descended into the river where he discovered visibility was extremely low and floundered about in the silt of the river bottom for about seventy-five minutes before coming back up with nothing. <sighs> hmm.
2: Oh, how embarrassing!
1: That
2: <laughs> be flitting yeah, around bas- in he silt? basically got Ugh. stuck in the
1: mud. It was like I can't see three inches in front of my face. That <laughs> afternoon, he tried again and once again came up short. Meanwhile, onlookers and visitors enjoyed a monster dance beneath beautiful outdoor party lights. Uh, I also read that they had, like, uh, there had sandwiches and they'd set up this uh, uh, dance floor, like, right next to the river. So you could be, like, partying and having, like, a little hoedown and keeping your eye out for a monster <laughs> all at the same time. Sounds
0: like an awesome yeah. party. monster yeah, dance, I'm dude. I'm
1: down. We got to figure out how to have our own monster dance. You could do that. Uh so they, they partied all night. The next day, Diver Brown, oh, he tried again, but the next day, Diver Brown's air valve jammed, and he had to quit his third dive early, again, producing no evidence. A large net had been fashioned to drag the water for the creature, but again, nothing. With no monster captured, the crowds, once eager with anticipation and monster fever, Dried up faster than the white than White River during. Fuck my face! I fucked it up. I was so <laughs> proud of it, and then I ruined it. <clears throat> the crowds, once eager with anticipation and monster fever, dried up faster than the White River during drought season. Not even worth it. However. Nailed it. Nailed it. No. <laughs>
0: poetry.
2: No, I'm, I'm quiet. I was kidding. like, <laughs> I,
1: I, I got to that part and I like gave myself a little nod. I was like, you know what? Good job, Michael. And then i <laughs> so excited. I fucked it up. <laughs> However, by the end of 1937 and the White River Monster flap, over 100 eyewitness accounts were reported. So some people were seeing something. Whitey remained dormant for a few more decades until it returned for another wave of sightings in 1971. On June 26th, a Newport resident named David Jenks saw a large gray creature. He estimated to be about 1000 pounds swimming in the river. He also emphasized that the monster had a large pointy bone protruding from its head Hmm. on June 28th a local man named Cloyce Johnson claimed to take a photograph of Whitey presenting a very blurry picture of a hump in the water.
5: That's my can.
1: Then, on July 5th, the county sheriff's office reported the discovery of tracks on Toehead Island, measuring 14 inches long and 8 inches wide and bearing what looked to be like a claw on the heel. Two men Ollie Richardson, and Joey Dupree set out to investigate the new sightings in the area just north of the original 1937 flap. Their boat struck an object in the middle of the river which raised them into the air. The terrified investigators didn't see the creature, but they were convinced it had given them a warning shot. In 1973, an Arkansas law protecting the creature was passed designating the areas from Newport and Jacksonport to Possum Grape the White River Monster Refuge making it legal illegal sorry (laughs) that's very important terminology here making it illegal to injure or kill the old river monster where I wish hopefully dearly it still swims peacefully to this day (laughs) <laughs> the end <laughs> bravo <laughs> 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 that's that's beautiful. beautiful yeah so you know people saw something in the water don't know what it is he becomes a local hero and then gets his own refuge and it's illegal to kill him I think that's a beautiful story.
2: It's honestly kind of nice. It sounds like it brings their community together a little bit. They had a monster, monster dance. dance yeah. is the best.
1: Yeah. So yeah. there are some theories of what this thing might be. Some people think it was an elephant yeah. seal that had like swam too far up river and oh. was just living in the area for a while because they, they shed their skin, which might um, – might Ugh. well it's just part of their thing you know don't don't body yeah, but shame an elephant doesn't. seal he's already <laughs> well dealing with enough
2: i'm picturing like you know how a, a snake sheds yes. its skin and it like leaves that thing i was picturing like a giant seal <laughs> i think it breaks of
1: off like more in like flaky pieces which is you know um but yeah. but that, that might account sense. for the like the the like um the, the, the you know the like skin that people were seeing that said it they described it as like you know a little rough. Um, some people think yeah. that it might have been, especially because of the uh, 1915 or 1912 boulder creature. they think it in the pointy the pointy thing on its head. they think it could have been a giant alligator tur- snapping turtle and those things can get huge. Um, so it may, and can live to be like 150 years old. So that's possible. Some people think it's a gar, um, or, you know, a sturgeon, but you know, other people like me think it's probably a river monster.
5: (laughs) The the field is wide open for this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, lonely creature. You know, you get a little mm. cocky when it comes to lake and river monsters, Bryce, and I don't appreciate it. As a man who once shared uh, food with me over a craft service table on the set of Major Crimes and said, yes, I, too, believe in the interdimensional Bigfoot theory, you got to, like, open your mind a little bit more to these river monsters. I'm cool with mermaids. This is the problem. This yeah. <laughs> You're proving my point. Um I, you know, I don't know. I think it could be just some really large fish that's just evaded capture. And I think that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't always have to be uh, uh, um, uh, a real, you know, spooky cryptid.
5: No, for sure. I used to watch that show River Monsters. Did you guys ever see that? The shit they would pull out of those those rivers was insane. I did look up Whitey Monster, Arkansas, though, and, and went right to Images. Snapping turtle, that could be uh that could move right yeah. to the top of my list. That's pretty alligator
1: snapping turtle. They get big. Yeah. There's some that get up to like four or five feet long, six feet long. I could um, see someone thinking
5: that was a monster.
1: They're big. Um, you know, it's interesting. I just kind of noted doing on the uh, looking up history about uh White River, like they built they were constructing a new dam around Branson, Missouri. Uh, in in uh July of like 1910, they started construction. They were building this new power, uh, electric you know dam that would bring electricity to Springfield and Branson and part of the Ozarks, and so they were working on the river for oh, like wow. three years, and that's when this thing started to emerge. And I'm wondering if they just you know knocking about the river and you know just kind of like. Woke this creature. Yeah. Woke this creature, disturbed the creature. So it started moving and migrating South. You know what I mean? I don't know, but I just thought it was Mm -hmm. interesting that around the time they were building this dam that took them three years, they started seeing this thing, you know, you've my thousand
5: years slumber. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) He's the the old man. man. Under that silt, If that guy had kept going, he might've found another one.
1: Old man of the river. Yeah, and I think there is there there was a giant catfish called the old man of the river, and some people think it's that too. You know, that you know, it's just that old catfish swimming around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but I love that. I love I don't know. I, I wanted a little bit of a feel good uh river down home river monster story well, this week. I think, I think there you've you are. accomplished that.
2: <laughs> yeah, mission accomplished. <laughs> that you. was nice.
1: Uh what do you think, Kristen? What's the explanation for this thing?
2: I I think that it probably is just like a gigantic but understood like snapping turtle or crocodile or alligator or whatever something like that because i i think that we probably have an idea of what these things look like from cartoons and medium stuff and media and stuff that might not actually match up with what they actually look like and that they might be much scarier than we expect and then you could misinterpret them as you know a river monster So, my money's on that.
1: Remember when those whales were, like, trapped in, like, the San Francisco Bay? Didn't they, like, go up a river for a little while or something? And then we all, like, waited for bated breath for them to to swim back out to the ocean? Like, I think, you know, there's got to be, you know, there's got to be just, like, some weird some displaced animal swimming up the mississippi taking a left at the white Mm -hmm. river and just swimming (laughs) all the way up into like branson and then being like well where the fuck am i you know
0: isn't that what the song, the (laughs) raffi song baby beluga was you're you're, you're triggering childhood memories
1: baby beluga's past my time so i i I don't know but i hope baby beluga's Uh,
0: okay is
2: baby beluga the white river monster Baby Beluga it was swimming in the yeah, deep blue sea, so well, and I don't remember free, what else happens. And
0: then, and then he gets trapped in post consumerist right. nightmare. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So he fell Sleep off the wall, kitties. and they, uh, up baby they beluga, brought the king's uh, horses, and
5: then the king's men, I remember that. <laughs>
2: Rafi was secretly feeding us like (laughs) anti-capitalist anthems as children (laughs) baby beluga indoctrinating us young
1: Uh, i'm just reading baby beluga in the deep blue sea you you swim so wild and you swim so free heaven above and sea below and uh, and a little white whale on the go way down yonder Mm -hmm. where the dolphins play you dive and splash all day waves roll in waves roll out okay see the water squirting out of your spout yeah when it's dark you're home and fed curl up snug in your waterbed moon is shining and the stars are out good night little whale good night this whale's oh. fine. Why did you put okay. baby beluga in Jesus. danger? He is where
0: he needs to be. Uh, all right, I feel better. I can rest okay. easy. I also like your spoken word uh, Rappy cover. That was nice.
1: Um, it's really soothing. I'm going to do an entire like Rappy uh, album that's like a sped through story of high strangeness. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Please. I think there's a hole in the market (laughs) for it. You found
0: your niche. (laughs)
1: Uh, Kristen, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Where can people find your work? Where can people find your podcast?
2: Oh, thank you for having me. You can find me online at Chillin' Kristen everywhere, and you can find Guides the Unknown at GTTU dot com and at gttupod Pod everywhere on social media. Thank you so much for having me. This was super. Oh God, the super pleasure fun. was
5: ours.
1: Thank yes. you for being absolutely. on. we'll have to get your brother on sometime oh soon as well. Oh yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, uh guys, uh you can find us, Bigfoot Collectors Club uh on instagram i'll post some pictures of some alligator snapping turtles maybe i'll even throw baby beluga up there we'll see it could be fun <laughs> um we're uh at bigfoot bigfoot Pod on twitter uh check us out over on our patreon bcc the other side patreon.com slash bigfoot collectors club uh bryce anything to plug
5: yeah, I'll plug my game, and shout out to Professor Meg for posting about it. The game is DPCU, or Dirty Picture Cover-Up. Uh, concept's pretty simple. Draw a dirty picture, cover it up, be judged when. Uh, we're getting close to a time where we can all start playing games with our friends again, right? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, hopefully. All right, close it yeah. up, but go to— <laughs> yeah. uh, Get vaccinated, Get play vaccinated, DPCU. play
5: my game. Uh, go to thedpcugame.com.
1: And there's a link to that in the show notes, every episode, so check it out uh, there as well. Riley, what do you got?
0: So, the Spindrift album is coming out soon, and it is available for pre-order. It's the, it's We're about to get the the vinyl master back from the test pressing. We're really excited. And so, to celebrate that, I thought, and you guys don't know about this yet, but I'm just throwing it out there, that uh, at the end of this episode, I'm going to drop a track oh. from the album. Oh, So shit. you guys can hear what's coming. Um, this song is called "The Phantom Rider." It's about a ghost cowboy, and oh, it features yes. your girl Grace Mitchell oh, on lead vocals. Yeah, dude, that is so great. That's awesome. Love yeah.
1: this. What a way to end an episode. Kristen Anderson, thank you to the rest of you. Uh, oh, we'll see you next you. week. Till then, good night,
0: and go and get shit. Go My get ghost. shit. <laughs> go. How many times have we done I that? I got fast. excited to hear this song. Okay.
1: He's
5: moving <laughs> in on my territory, Riley. Say it again, <laughs>
1: right. Sorry, oh, good night.
5: And go get regressed.
1: All right, take it away, Riley.